This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is These Walls Are Thin. How y'all surviving a full moon in cancer? <laughs> y'all doing okay? Y'all good? Y'all all right? Y'all surviving this Mercury retrograding? Mm-hmm. It is tripping. Um, and then the weather is tripping. It's cold as hell. <laughs> we supposed to get another snow on Friday. Normally we get snow and then it melts. Like that way we didn't even get no snow. It was like powdered donuts. Okay, outside. It looked like it was powdered sugar. It like somebody came by in the plane and just sprinkled. Cause yesterday that snow was gone and everybody was mobile. <laughs> Um, but we're expecting some more snow on um, what Thursday is supposed to rain. It's supposed to snow again. I don't know what's going on with the weather. I just know that it's really cold outside. But I hope y'all doing okay during this Mercury retrograde. We got into February 3rd and you still got that shadow. So that post shadow that's after that. So you might have to February 7th to get it together. Um, and I hope you guys are doing well during this full moon in Cancer. Um, I know it's supposed to be very emotional because, you know, think about how cancers are. Um, the one thing that stuck out to me was, um, the part about dealing with relationship with women. Um, anybody know what nobody knows, but my Chiron is in cancer. So... My wound is dealing with women, which is so weird. Um, and that has that that was my wound last year with dealing with women. That has been my wound since forever, dealing with not just women but girls. Um, and that was that's like a severe wound with me. Um, because it's like sometimes the people you around you friends with, they subconsciously are jealous of you, and you're like, how? How I'm from a small town in Georgia. I don't I don't get it. Um, but I found up some I found some things, some patterns in my friendship um that I need to take heed with. Um, and it was crazy because <laughs> I was looking at this girl had posted this um on Instagram when she basically said, you know. Basically, the worst thing in the world is when your your best friend betrays you. And you know why and she was like, Why do women do that? And I can't find it. Um, I guess the 24 hours is up on that. But But um, she was saying that it was crazy because a guy in the comment section was like, guys do it too. <laughs> I don't know why um, sometimes as women, you totally forget, you know, guys have had friendships with each other and have experienced that same type of thing. But it's just always a common thing as a person to assume or to think that, you know, guys don't go through that. But he's like, guys go through it too. Um, so, I mean, I guess they, you know, they experience having friends that are jealous or competing with them or mad and all that, just like women do. Um, but that's what this full moon was also dealing with. And it's so crazy because my Chiron is in cancer. 
And I have dealt with crazy things with dealing with friendship with women. But today's podcast is not about that because I'm going to do a part two on the Glee curse. Um, I want to talk about the Glee curse a little bit. Um, so... Um, yes, so, um, we're going to continue in the Glee curse, and, um, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about all these tragic things that happened to the cast of Glee. We all know that most recently, um, that Naya Rivera, um, passed away in 2020 from a tragic, um, boating accident. It wasn't really a boating accident because she sent her son back on the boat. So I don't, I, I just know that the autopsy said she drowned. Um, nobody really truly knew know what happened that night. Um, but that was one of the situations that I had a dream about. Um, so we're gonna be talking about that. But before we talk about that, we're gonna be talking about what has caught my eye in the news. Today is not that much. Yesterday I spent almost three hours sitting up here talking about all the trash stuff that's happening. I might flow into the stuff that I had kept for yesterday to talk about, but I don't really know. So we're gonna be talking about some topics in the news but i want to talk about this i'm trying to figure out why i keep having dreams about babies <clears throat> i've been hearing a lot of dreams lately <sighs> about babies yes i do want children don't get me wrong but I've been having a lot of dreams about babies. One of the dreams I had was about, uh, it was this beautiful. I think I said it was a little girl. Now that I think about it, it's a little boy. But we got to the part to where I was changing the little boy's diaper. And we realized it was a little boy when we changed the little boy diaper, of course. Um, and I was like, why do I keep having dreams about babies? And it was the same baby. Um, well, not the same baby. It was a different baby, actually. I don't know. I don't know if. They were brother and sister. I'm not quite sure, but she was a pretty little brown skinned girl with this beautiful curly hair. So that's what's been going on lately. I might be talking about that on a later date because we want to get into dream interpretations. I, I, I want to talk about my dream and of course I'm going to get deeper into numerology. But we're going to talk about what's been going on in the news. Um... So I found this on isonsite.com and it's um, contributor is Shady Porter. And it says wife was living with elderly husband decomposing body in Brooklyn hoarder house. That's sad. You know, she just couldn't let go and she had a hard time letting go. That's sad. It said a dead and a decomposing elderly man was found amongst piles of trash at a pro Brooklyn property. He has been dead at least two months and his wife had been living with his body instead of reporting his passing New York Daily News reported. He was outlisted a man was 84 and his 72-year-old spouse told police that she was planning on waiting a year before notifying authorities that her husband had died. Authorities had entered the home through the fire escape because they were hoarders and there was so much garbage. Police was at the resident because they received a call for welfare check for the couple. Their children said they had not seen their parents since 2019. The wife was taken to a hospital for psychiatric evaluation. Her kids reportedly told police that both parents are mentally ill. Oh. Okay. My heart goes out to this lady's family. 
You know, that's why I tell you, you can't tell people how to deal with their trauma. You can't tell people how to deal with mourning. I think there needs to be more programs out there for people who are going through mourning because people underestimate how long somebody mourns. Um, you never get over the death of whether it's a spouse, whether it's a parent, whether it's a child. Um, like I tell y'all with Sinead O'Connor, you know, Sinead O'Connor, she lost her son and she's not dealing with it very well. So you, there should have been a welfare check a long time ago, which I don't understand if your parents are mentally ill, why nobody goes to the house and, you know, this is goes to the house and check on them, you know? This is, you got to always check on the elderly members of your family, especially if they're mentally ill. They shouldn't be in a house by themselves anyway if they are mentally ill. So, um, my hearts go out to that family. Um, but this is why you're supposed to check up on people. And, and last time you saw them was 2019. Okay. Put a mask on your face. Get in the car. <clears throat> I think this was a topic that that movie with the grandparents dealt with. Y'all don't visit y'all grandparents and y'all great grandparents enough, okay? At least call and see how they doing. Or at least know where they're doing or how they're doing or something like that. Don't always assume that because you haven't heard anything, because there's no news, that there's, there's good news, okay? Just always check. Next story. The next story is from BallAlert.com. Um, it's contributed to the story. It's Raquel Harris. And it says, Cracker Barrel ordered to pay men $9.4 million after serving him glass full of surface cleaner chemicals. It says, Southern-style Southern restaurant Cracker Barrel has been ordered to pay $9.4 million for a man who would serve a glass full of liquid chemical. In April 2014, the plaintiff, William Cronin, went to have lunch at a Cracker Barrel in Marion County. While he while there, he was served a glass of what he thought was water. But he took a sip and he immediately realized that it was not ice water, but it was some chemicals that caused a burning sensation in his mouth and his esophagus. The court documents read CNN reports. Instead of a cool, refreshing glass of water, Cronin was unknowingly drinking a chemical called EcoSan, a liquid cleaner commonly used in the kitchen, Cronin said, consuming the chemicals led to a permanent damage internally, specifically to his mouth and esophagus. The man goes on to say that he is still dealing with ongoing symptoms, which has resulted in a load up in medical bills. The jury returned a verdict for compensatory damages of $4.3 million in just 30 minutes, one of the fastest verdicts we have ever seen, and awarded punitive damage of $5.5 million. After only 10 minutes of additional deliberation, calling attorney Thomas Greer said in an interview with CNN, according to ABC 57, the amount of money would, could, could reportedly be capped because of a Tennessee law on civil damage, the news outlet says. Despite the restaurant being at fault, it said it was disappointed with the plaintiff's verdict. In a statement to CNN, the restaurant chain said, while we have great respect for the legal process, we are obviously disappointed by the strong by and strongly disagree with the jury award in this case, which involves an unfortunate isolated incident that occurred as one of our stores eight years ago. 
I have an opinion on that. <clears throat> Sometimes a lot of times you taste chemicals or something in your food and stuff like that. And you just look past it or you don't, you look past it or you don't see it or whatever have you. Um, but be careful, um, y'all. A lot of these places are under what that happened in 2014. But now y'all definitely should be careful. These people are understaffed and underpaid. Um, it's best to go home and see what you got at home. Okay, this this time more than ever, if your mama telling you we got food at home, be okay with that. Because mm. Okay, I found this on it's on site.com. It's a little lighthearted. Rico Nasty says fans ask her to twerk during concert is disrespectful. The contributor to this article is Shady Porter. It says Rico Nasty explained in an in interview with Double XL magazine that one of her biggest pet peeves is when an audience asks her to twerk during her performance. Because <clears throat> y'all assume that every female rapper out there twerks. Ooh. <clears throat> I want to see y'all ask Boosie to do that. <laughs> Boosie be about to fight y'all for that. The 24-year-old rapper said people would hold their... Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> <clears throat> my God. You start coughing and can't stop. All right. Once again, it says the 24-year-old rapper said people would hold up their phones with messages saying twerk as at her shows. She ain't down with it, calling it disrespectful and probably the worst thing you could do you could put up while a female rapper is performing even if she's going to twerk. She says she doesn't hate on the girls who do, but that is not for her and she's not trying to be inauthentic. That's not what I do. You go on my Instagram right now. Do I have a video doing this? I'm just trying to make an art and perform my song and go. Being a girl is just random nowadays. It's really, really random. The smack a bitch artist added. She's right. There's no argument with me with, with that, you know. You shouldn't be telling somebody to twerk anyway because not everybody's your dancing monkey. So, yeah, don't tell female rappers to twerk at a concert. If you know the rapper is going to twerk, you know, like a mulatto, like a sweetie, like a Meg Thee Stallion or something like that, there's no reason for you to tell them what to do. They, you have to understand when you go to a concert and go to a show, that show, that concert is choreographed. So if they don't have twerking in it, everything is planned. You know your artist. You know how your artists work. So why would you ask somebody like Rico Nasty to do that? I, I don't understand the mindset. Let me see if I have another story. I think I only found three yesterday. Oh, yeah. I want to check Simon old buttball face head. Simon, Simon thought he could check Miss Aunt Liz Amalami. 
already told you, I don't like this bull face looking man. I don't like him. I don't know what it is. It's going to come out soon. And that's how I always see it. Because I ain't got to dig. You know, a lot of people be sitting up there digging and doing research and asking around Atlanta about people. I ain't got to. I don't have to. It always come out in the end. So I don't care about Simon. But for him to think he could address Miss Amalami. Who was behind Jose Williams' Feed the Hungry? Because I don't see Portia ass sitting up there doing anything out there personally. You, how many pictures you have seen her sitting up there with a hairnet and feeding the hungry? I'll be straight up honest with you. I think I fed the hungry more than Portia, and I did it once, and that was for a college credit. <laughs> So this trifling manho took to, I think, was it Instagram? To address Miss Omalami. And told her that he felt like Portia was an intricate part of Jose and feed the home homeless. I will say this. A lot of times with people, you have certain generations that build stuff. Um, Aunt Liz, y'all know her as Elizabeth Amalami. She, um, has kept what her father has built going for years. <clears throat> A lot of times when you are doing, <clears throat> whether it's charity work or you own a little small business, you will find out that the family don't pass it down to the younger generation. Portia is one of those people who just think things are going to get passed down. But my thing is, you have to already be working there before you get things passed down to you. That's all I have to say. And I think Simon think he's going to inherit it neither. No, honey. He they're gonna throw her, they're gonna throw you away. All right, you're collateral damage. Portia gonna throw you away when she realizes who you really are, sir. And she has a protection because she has a huge family. So you don't tell people how to do business, okay. So, y'all really want to talk about that? Y'all know about y'all already know by now about the pastor Mike trend after rubbing spit on someone's face during the sermon. You want to sit up here and do that? I don't quite understand that. Um, people are getting sick, <clears throat> but I guess God's gonna fix it, right? I want to talk about this real quick. And then we're going to, 
I told y'all I would change my mind in a minute, but it does not mean that I do not have a topic for y'all. I want to talk a little bit about my dream. Um, because I was gonna talk about the glee curse. No, I ain't gonna talk about the glee curse today. We're gonna talk about my dream. <clears throat> so I found this on ballalert.com. The contributor is Raquel Rich, and it says four Arkansas inmates say they were used as an experiment. Claim jail's doctors gave them invermectin to treat COVID-19. So invermectin, if I'm not mistaken, is a drug. Long story short, I'm not going to go into the story. So this contributor is Raquel Raquel Harris, and it says four Arkansas men detained at the Washington County Jail have filed a lawsuit against the facility claiming they were used as an experiment. On behalf of four men, the American Civil Liberty Union of Arkansas filed a lawsuit against the Washington County Detention Center and its doctors on Thursday for allegedly giving the men invermectin to treat COVID-19, even though the health officials warned against the use of an anti-parasitic drug as a treatment for the coronavirus. With the prison food, they might need the anti-parasitic drug. <clears throat> the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has dr- approved the drug for people and animals use if they have certain parasitic worms, such as head lice. However, the FDA never suggested the drug be used to prevent COVID-19. NBC News reported that the men were never informed that the drugs that were taken was invermectin instead of... What they were told, which was antibiotics, steroids, or vitamins. The truth, however, was that without knowingly and voluntarily consent, plaintiffs ingested incredibly high doses of drugs that, that credible medical professionals, the FDA, and the Center of Disease Control and Prevention all agree is not an effective treatment against COVID-19. And that if given a large dose, it's dangerous for humans, the lawsuit says, NBC News report. During a local finance and budget committee meeting back in August, Washington County Sheriff Tim Helder confirmed the doctor who prescribed invermectin was Dr. Robert Corres, CBS News report. The men are calling for an independent provider to give the medical evaluation and that they are seeking to be awarded their cost fee and any other appropriate relief to which they are entitled. <clears throat> they should rightfully... Um sue them especially if the fda tells you that you're not supposed to take that drug and it's damaging y'all still doing the ski experiments i see y'all ain't changed y'all still the same that will conclude Today, with the topics I've noticed, um, I was going to talk about the FBI, you know, asked about, asked that Astro World needs to upload photos and videos to the FBI website to help investigate. Y'all already know about that, but um, we're not going to be talking about that. So, I uploaded this article <laughs> from about the Glee Curse. But today, 
the dream that I had is heavy on my mind. Um... I, whoa, okay, that's exactly what it was. So, I had a dream last night, or what I said this morning, because I woke up at 9.30, and I was up for a good few minutes, and then I went right back to sleep and woke up at 12. Trash. Um, and <laughs> I, on my mind, heavy was on my mind. I wanted to talk about the Glee curse and I had plans to talk about the Glee curse. I had the article, researched the article, talked about the Glee curse and everything that happened with Glee. And this dream came of me and of, of me with the baby. Now I've already had like about four or five dreams about a baby. Keep in mind, I had a dream probably five, six years ago about me being pregnant. Ain't that something? About five, six years ago, I had a dream about being pregnant. And ever since then, I've been having dreams about a baby. Um, So I'm going to talk about the ones I have. I'm not going to talk about the one I had about with Dork and Smurf because I don't want him to get any ideas that I'm crazy and think that's going to come true. Um, love you, Dork and Smurf, but you've been getting the wrong idea about me lately, so yeah. Um, but this dream I had, I want to talk about the most recent one, the most recent two that I had. The first one was, I thought it was a baby girl. I don't know why I thought it was a baby girl. I guess I thought it was a baby girl because of all the hair on, on the head, but now I'm starting to think it was a little boy. So, the first one was I was holding this beautiful baby. And the baby was like, the baby was nervous, but a lot of times babies don't be nervous unless you're nervous. So, whatever energy you have, and I remember my mom used to say that a lot of times because I used to try to hold my cousins when they were little. And she said, stop being negative, stop being nervous with holding the baby because babies can sense your feeling and they don't like that. So you want to see if somebody has ill intention, try to hand a baby to them. If the baby starts screaming, they're a bad person. Just like animals. What Babies and animals are, I'm not saying babies and animals are the same, but I'm just saying if the two things that you could depend on that can sense a bad spirit is a baby. A baby and animals. See how your dog treat people? And see how your cat treat people and see how your baby treats people. So if you if you have a baby and someone comes near them and they just get reclusive and they act uncomfortable, some ain't right about that person. And during the baby was uncomfortable. And 
I was like, okay, it's okay. I was trying to wipe the green marker that was on the baby's feet. Because the baby somehow got in green marker. I don't know. Clearly it was my child. <laughs> we ain't going to try to figure out why green marker got in the child's feet. <laughs> But it was great bark. I was trying to wipe it and wipe the, off the baby feet. And I was trying to juggle the baby and getting the rag out of the cabinet at the same time to wipe the baby feet. And I was like, okay, what's this about? So I had another one last night. And it was of me... It was of me being taught how to change a baby's diaper, which I know how to change a baby diaper. I worked in a daycare center. That's all I did, okay, was change a baby diaper. At this point, I should be teaching classes on how to change a baby diaper. And I was like, okay, I know how to change a baby diaper. It was, I guess it was a weird diaper. You know, now diapers are not like they used to be. So, like, the diapers that they had when I was working at daycare center is different from the diaper that this baby had. And I was like, okay. And this guy was helping me change the baby diaper. I didn't quite get the face. Got the energy. But it was this beautiful little baby boy. We know it's a baby boy because we changed the baby diaper. And I remember I kept getting stuck because everybody knows Blaze will pee on you. So I kept, I, I was trying to do it and I kept looking at the baby trying to make sure the baby didn't, you know, pee in my face. And the um, I was, you know, freaking out. And the guy that was with me apparently was a spouse or a boyfriend or baby daddy was like relax calm down chill take your time my mom My mom told me this was about right because she's right because babies have represent for me things I want to do, things, projects I want to want to conquer. Um, oh, well, things I'm going to give birth to. And she said, that means something new is being birthed in you. Right. But I want to talk about what one article says about changing a baby boy's diaper. Because <clears throat> I just semi-read it and this might be true. So, and it, I mean, well, this is true to me. And I would like to say, and then after this, I'm going to explain to you what's going on. So, I found this from Dream, Dream Zopiate dreamsopedia.com and it says dreaming about changing a baby boy's diaper and it says dreams about changing a baby boy's diaper point to representation of your emotional thoughts you are draining all the energy out of others 
You are being entrusted with power and authority. This dream represents a period of emotional and spiritual healing. You need help in coping with your emotions. Dreams about changing baby boy diapers signify your struggle in achieving a goal. You or someone is diverting attention away from the real issue. Someone is taking revenge on you. Your dream indicates communication and your connection to others. You are moving on into a new stage of your life. Okay, so it says dreaming of changing a baby boy, a baby and boy in a diaper. <clears throat> it says change. In your dream, you your dreams refer to the many aspects and facets of your personality. You're looking for reassurance and support from your decision. You're being territorial. The dream is signal for you for yourself to see. You are feeling divided about an issue. It says baby. The dream hits your grieving process. You're trying hard to change the course of some action. You need to be more compassionate and giving. Your dream is a hint for your issue about commitment and independence and somebody is dumping all his or her feelings on you. Girl! <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if you do what went down, oh my God, girl. changing baby is a poise and balance in your life or the need to regain balance you're feeling uprooted you will experience much success through your perseverance this dream is an indication for your sensual desire and temptation you are experiencing some intense emotion i definitely am here it goes and it says dream about baby boy is a sign of an inner battle between your own ideas ideals and values and between the ideals and values of others you feel that you are on top. You will successfully overcome a problem that was giving you much anxiety. Your dream is a metaphor for some details that you may be missing or overlooking. You need to make the connection between the conscious and subconscious aspect of yourself. Sometimes dreams, dreaming about changing baby boy diapers is a harbinger for fear, anger, and aggression. There is a situation that requires your immediate attention before it gets out of hand. You may find a situation where you have lost the advantage. This dream is untouchable, unreachable, and obtainable noted notion of perfection. You are not expressing the masculine side of your personality. You know what? That is true. And I was thinking that before I went to sleep. Was that I don't ever 
bother my masculine side of my personality. <clears throat> I don't ever touch that. I just always been a girly girl and never understood why other girls weren't girly girls. But really it's them digging into the masculine side of their personality. So I want to talk about what I just unpacked. Um, Yesterday I was watching a video. I've been studying numerology like I told you guys. Um, I don't know why I keep wanting to say I'm studying numerology and psychology. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I did go. I did once one time in the blue moon. My major was psychology. I'm kind of low key feel like I need to go back to it. Um, my mom's cringing as she listened to this podcast of me saying that I want to go back to psychology. Um, so yesterday I was watching this numerologist. Let me give you her name because I love giving YouTubers credit because they are they create their own content. Um, I was watching this numerologist, Soul and Vibrations, and she was unpacking the different life path numbers and what their superpower is, which this part of unpacking my life path number and what my superpower is, is Doving into my masculine energy, okay? Which I don't touch him. He's gross. So, as um, she was talking about numerology, she's talking about she got to my life path number, okay? My life path number is a three, and she said that our... Our superpower is resourcefulness. In the back of my head, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm not as resourceful as I want to be. I want to be resourceful. That is my goal as a person is to be resourceful. And she started breaking down the number three life path number. <clears throat> and she said that you have a different approach to how you're doing things, okay? So let, I'm going to give you a little synopsis. Life path number one is like the father. So I kind of explained that on my Instagram. because It was crazy because Dr. King's life path number was one. And that represents the father. That represents leadership, okay? Life path number two represents the mother the nurturer okay and life path number three is the child because i was trying to figure out why i'm so childish and i am childish and it's a lot of things my <laughs> my grandmother used to say that i'm like i'm not childish and then as i got older i was like yeah i am childish <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't that she was saying that you know i was immature or i was a bad person she would just read my spirit. And my spirit is very childlike. I could be a child. 
a lot of my anxiety comes from the fact that, you know, I'm not a child anymore. You know, with children, even in today's society, children are not protected. And that scares me. That bothers me. So, I've always had my three energy. But the one part about being the three was always being resourceful. But the, it was crazy to me because she was talking about um, how resourceful you are and how you get things in different ways. Like, you don't do things the same way as everybody else doing. Now, the biggest argument me and my mother has had throughout my 20s, into my uh, throughout my whole 20s, now we have an understanding. Because understand, my mom is a life path number three. Life path number one. I'm a three. She's a one. So she has been the authoritative person in my life. And she has given, given great advice <laughs> in the end. But the road she took to get to where she's at is not the same road I'm supposed to take. Okay, understand, I come from a, a line of teachers, of educators. <clears throat> I come from a line of people who graduated from HBCUs. Um, and um, recently, we found a line in Delta Sigma Data. And I'm always one of those people where I just didn't want to do everything everybody else is doing. Um, and I have thought about why I'm like, maybe I should be a teacher. I mean, they're going to e easily give me the job because my cousin is a teacher. My baby cousin, Mariah, she's a daycare center teacher. But that's easy. That was easy. Of course, people are going to let me be a teacher. And that's the first thing people thought to me, thought with me. I'll be a teacher or be a nurse. And in the back of my head, I'm like, why y'all always put me in positions to take care of people? Like, I do care about people. Don't get me wrong. But why you, why the first thing you um put on me is to take care of people. You know, people do need taken care of. And trust me, they need a lot of nurses. But I don't think my, I'm capable of, of giving these people what they deserve and she said that the way life path numbers threes work is we do things in unconventional ways i only know one way of doing things because that's the way everybody has been doing it my grandmother did it my mother did it and i did it so i've always knew even in, in, in the back of my head i knew this was not the way of going about things but the way you get out the ghetto end up in my family is you get an education you go to college my mom and my mom has a bachelor's and a master's in education my grandmother has a bachelor's and a master's in education um my aunt she has a bachelor's and she has a master's um so i i i younger i knew that college wasn't my way but i didn't know which way to go so I just took the same route that they took. So I was going to go to, um, community college <coughs> and it was two years community college. They had a program called tag. This was back when in Georgia perimeter college. Now in Georgia, Georgia state perimeter college. So you just automatically go there for two years. And then transport to Georgia State, which is in downtown Atlanta. 
So my thing was the only reason why I wanted to do that was because I just wanted to go to downtown Atlanta. I want to go downtown Atlanta to have fun, to party, you know, do some adult stuff, all that. I couldn't get through the first semester because I was busy over here trying to do something else. I should have been focused on doing the, the second thing rather than the first thing. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say it because I don't come out and say this a lot because I'm scared people going to think that I'm a gold digger or I'm using people or that I'm this person that likes to use people, especially with Dorcas first. But at this point, I don't care. This People going to think what they want to think regardless of how I feel. Or what are my intentions? So while I was in my first semester in college, um, I didn't get my license till I was 18. So my auntie, my aunt used to drive me to school. And then my mom finally got me a car, which was a 1997, <coughs> excuse me. It was a 1997 Honda Civic. I love that car, but of course I bumped it, you know. Well, I totally, I got into a car accident on a nice rainy day. And, but... When I got my car, I was practicing trying to get to where my baby cousin was at. My baby cousin had a dance teacher at the time named Who's Red Styles. And this kind of goes along with the story I told y'all about. I met this guy who's a songwriter and he knew Trey Songs. And I just see, I just saw Trey Songs Molly Whopping me. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and sometimes it's not the person you meet because this guy, he was a good spirit. He was a good heart. And the funny part about it was he was a Gemini. June 4th. So my, my cousin had a dance teacher named Red Styles, and he was a songwriter for Trey Songs. And I wanted to be a songwriter. So my mom used to get upset with me because my Honda Civic was old and raggedy. Yeah, she was raggedy, honey, you know. She had been through some things. And I kept trying to go an hour and 30 minutes away from home. Now, if you ask me to drive an hour and 30 minutes now, but like even when I had my other car, don't ask me to drive an hour and 30 minutes to nowhere. Okay. I drove an hour and 30 minutes to my cousin's house before she went to, to my cousin's house before she went to dance lessons. And her mom uh, was on her way to dance lessons at dance lessons at the time. Funny part is her mom was a Gemini too. What is up with these Geminis? I don't know. Um <laughs> 
But uh, she's a May Gemini, though. So I went up there, went to her house. I didn't tell my mom. And I drove up there, and I finally met the guy. And like the idiot I was, I froze. I shouldn't have froze, but I have social anxiety. And I was going to ask him, he was like, well, I don't mind. He was like, give me give me a track of one of your songs and your music, and I'll work with you to be a songwriter. I was like, okay. Try to get my uncle to produce a track. I didn't get no help with that at all. I was like, okay, what do I do? I don't have a track to give him, so now what? And then on top of that, I didn't see him. It took me six months to grow the balls to drive past Atlanta to North Georgia. Okay? It took me a while, and it was very long. So, of course, I didn't do well with that. I didn't do what I needed to do. I was going to explain to him, but he had left and he had moved on. And he went from Red Styles to now Elijah Blake. Google him. And I was upset. I was depressed and I was upset for not catching that train while it was there. Um, and then, of course, I tried to get a job because I needed a job to pay for gas. Okay. That was back when $15 uh, filled up my tank. Yes, ma'am. And... I mean, it, was just, it just irked me because I didn't take the chance and I didn't do anything with it. But I had the opportunity and I should have taken it. So if I seem a little over-enthusiastic in how I'm handling things now as a person, this to anybody out there who feels like I'm over-enthusiastic because one part of it was like your emotions are making people uncomfortable. That's what I felt in a dream. Like I was uncomfortable with changing the baby's diaper. And I feel like my personality is making certain people um, uncomfortable. I'm very aware of that. But this is something I actually want. Okay? This is something I actually want to do. Um, But the one thing this individual I'm supposed to work with has said to me was that um, don't scare me away. And that you're being too emotional. You have to understand that the reason a lot of people have not hired me in getting the job is because I was not aggressive. So I'm aggressive now because this is something I want for myself. Um, it, it's, it's not about the other stuff. It's not about being around you as a person, sir. 
It's not about all that stuff. It's about trying to do what I love for a living. And it has been a struggle throughout my 20s. And I realized, like, in order for me to get anything done, ooh, it's 333. Um, in order for me to get some things done in life, I'm going to have to dig into my masculine energy. That's unfortunate for me because I have never dealt with my masculine energy. I've never dealt with that before. And I have a hard time with dealing with that because... For me, I've never been taught how to deal with my masculine energy. Because I've always been hyper girly girly, you know. What hair done, makeup done. And the thing is, the thing that irks me right now as we speak is that I don't have the big, long butterfly eyelashes and a nice, colorful with lace front rings in my closet. That bothers me. But when it comes to doing business, You have to dig into your masculine side because business is masculine. Okay. I want to talk about this dream interpretation and how it was talking. So the first part of the dream interpretation was that um, you are draining all the energy out of others. I know I am. My mom... I know I drained the energy out of my mom. I know I did the dork and smurf. Um, I, I'm quite a hoop to deal with, okay? I don't want to be drama, and I have a funny way of dealing with drama. And if you don't understand me, you don't sit there and know my life story and know who I am, you will immediately be turned off by how I am. Um... To an extent, I have said to myself that maybe, Tiffany, you're just toxic. And I have been toxic. Um, I reposted on Instagram a video of Monique going off on boots. And I recently had a situation to where I thought someone disliked me, and that was not true. Um, That was me being overactive. And over-emotional like he said I was. Um, I, my biggest issue is assuming and assuming things. Um, I see, But I see that that's the situation with a lot of people. Um, like I tell you, I've been, re- I've been watching Insecure. So I'm at the end of season two, going into season three. And the biggest issues I will say that's in the show is assumption. I just watched the episode where they did a dinner party for Tiffany's husband, Derek. And Issa got drunk and she got mad that Lawrence came with another woman. And from my understanding, y'all broke up. So why are you mad at him? And Issa was also mad at Daniel 
because uh, he released himself on her face while she was giving him sloppy toppies. <laughs> and I was like, what do you thought was going to happen? In the back of my head. And then, and back, and then so what happened was um, with me, I was watching... I was looking at this clip of Monique and her name, her real name is Larissa, but Flavor Flav gave her the name Boots. And Larissa felt like Monique was jealous of her or, was, or, or didn't like her. And she said, one of the things that she said, the key things that she said was, you know, you know how you say I come in a room and I have an attitude problem? Well, when you come in a room, you do the same thing to me, and I feel like you don't like me. I haven't felt like that lately. And I'm going to tell you why Larissa said that. <clears throat> because when you're a young lady and you look like Larissa... You uh you're so used to women and other people not liking you or being jealous of you because you're beautiful, because you're smart, because you all these other things. And that has a tendency to make you bitter because you really want a bunch of friends around you, but you don't have a lot of friends because you're used to people betraying you. So I kind of told y'all a story about how I dealt with once again a bunch of group of witches that um betrayed me. Having a bad relationship with other women. Um, and so what I got from the other women, because what I got from them, I, I received jealousy on two ends and they both were sneaky and I didn't even see it coming. So um, the reason I'm the way I am and the reason why I assume that you dislike me, sir, um, it's because I'm so used to people sneak attacking me. And it's not just for men and not just for women. It's just for men, too. Like, people sneaking and attacking me and doing things to hurt my feelings. And so, when I was, again, the answer, which the truth of the, the answer is, I know that the reason why he wasn't answering me was because he was trying to get his head together and prepare for a performance that he's doing on Wednesday. I know that, but... I virgoed and I was like, okay, well, fine. You don't want to talk to me. And then I didn't say anything emotional or whatever, but I was like, I know you feel like I'm over emotional about money. And I kind of said that to make him know that I'm not being emotional because I just want to be around you. The reason I'm being emotional is because I just really need to make money in something. And that's the main reason. But I, I felt like he didn't like me. I felt like he was upset with me. And that was the thing that pissed him off with me was because I assumed that this person didn't like me just because he was showing traits of being like someone. So I jumped to the conclusion yesterday. They got and sent him a whole paragraph saying, oh, dude, you don't like me. Um, and you betrayed me. I made an assumption that he was the reason why my channel was not working. And I was like, I got mad, told my mom, and was like, we're going to do something about this. We're going to get his ass back. Because you don't come to my city and disrespect me. 
And then I saw the footage of Monique and Larissa talking, and Monique gave the best comeback ever. And Monique was like, so you think I'm going to take time on my schedule to sit up here and just pick on little old Larissa? And then in the back of my head, I thought about it, and I was like, you think out of his whole busy schedule of him performing on Wednesday that he has time to pick on some country bunking from a small town in Georgia. That is why this whole dream is saying that I am draining because I want things now and right now and I need to be patient. He's doing something, but I'm busy over here being a brat because I'm used to getting things when I want, how I want, and how I want it. Let's break down the other part of the dream. You are being entrusted with power and authority. Probably, but I don't know about it. This dream represents a period of emotional and spiritual healing. <sighs> I need, I, I am. And you need help in coping with your emotions. That I do. For me, it's more of how coping with being a super empath. I'm a very empathetic person and I can feel everything. There's parts where I'll be watching a movie and somebody fall and I can feel it. And my em empathy has gotten worse the older I have gotten. Um, I recently told y'all that I've had anxiety attacks over the Billie Holiday movie. Um, and the reason why I had anxiety attacks over the Billie Holiday movie is because people saw her as something, uh, as something of a threat and she really wasn't. She was just bringing awareness to what they were doing to black people in the South. Why this movie bothered me so much. The key point is power and authority. And the reason why this movie bothered me so much was because I saw them take down this lady. The United States government take down this woman just because she came out with a song talking about the abuse and, and, and the abuse and how people have used the law to abuse black people. And 
She was powerful. She probably didn't think she was powerful, but she was a very powerful woman. And the reason she was powerful was because she was not backing down. The reason it bothered me, because in the end, on her deathbed, they handcuffed her. They arrested her when she was dying. The reason it bothered me, because jealousy is like that. When somebody's jealous of you, somebody is scared of you, somebody has fear of you, they would do the most ridiculous things to try to keep you down. Billie Holiday is still a force to be reckoned with and she is not even alive. Her flesh is not alive, but her spirit is still alive. Everybody has channeled Billie Holiday before. The reason it bothered me and the reason that I think it bothers me is because subconsciously I'm scared of my power. I know I'm powerful, but I'm scared of my power because I don't want it to put fear into people. Another, another example of that, the one that bothered me the most was Billie Holiday because I related to it and I understood where it was coming from. This lady is legendary. And they were all mad because she was making it known that they were hanging black people from trees and nooses. So that one bothered me the most, but I watched another movie and this was back in November, I'm thinking. It was about the Bay of Pigs. And one of the lines that came from the actor that played Robert Kennedy. And the line that came from Robert Kennedy was, I don't understand why people are scared of me. Just in case y'all don't know, Robert Kennedy was murdered while on the campaign trail. Now, this is a white man, okay? Billie Holiday bothered me the most because I understand the plight of Billie Holiday, okay? We're both black women, okay? And being black in America, especially a black woman in America, is no easy road. And I guess that was God's way of showing me through Billie Holiday because I understand it better with Billie Holiday, but it still rang true with even this white man, this very privileged white man. He said, I didn't know why people feared me. They assassinated Robert Kennedy. He was killed because people feared him and the power he had. They were scared of him. And he didn't understand why. The same thing with Billie Holiday. They were scared of her and didn't know why. And I realized that showed me through Billie Holiday that I was scared of my own power. And that's why it bothers me. So the part about having power and authority and don't know it. I'm scared. 
I know it's time for me to elevate, but I fear the power I'm going to have. It scares me. I know how it is when people are scared of you. I've had a group of people, even in school. I'm going to be honest with you. Under my reign of terror, <laughs> I wasn't a bully. But people literally, I literally had one guy in school, and this has bothered me my whole adult life. Can you imagine something bothering you ever since elementary school? This guy told me, little chunky little fat boy, told me when I was in school, He said, he told me I was mean. I've been around so many people who say they are intimidated by my personality. My mom said that to me too. She said, you're intimidating. I'm like, there's nothing to be scared of. The other person has more power than me. But I had to understand that I'm put on this earth like for this for a reason. I just have to be careful with what I do with my power. But I am severely scared of it. <sighs> That's the second part. Let's see the other part. In coping with my emotions, I can be very emotional because I'm an empath. And because I had anxiety of being a power and having power. When you're in power, you can't let your emotions take over you. Especially when it comes to business. It says, dreaming about changing a baby boy diaper signifies you struggling and achieving a goal. The first 20 years of my life, I have struggled to achieve a goal. I have. I already told you the story about how I struggled to achieve the goal of being a songwriter. I'm struggling achieving the goal right now. And it's handed to me on a silver platter and I'm still sitting up here like a big old idiot. And I don't make it easy because I know it's always a catch.
you're you or someone is diverting attention away from the real issue dork and smurf um someone is taking revenge on you your dreams indicate communications and your connections to others you're moving on into a new stage of your life i can feel that I'm not going to tell you the reason why, because that's personal. And I don't want to put it all out there to why. I kind of already did a podcast about that, but I now need to personally address it to that person. Um, And I definitely know I'm entering a new stage in my life because everything just feels different. I already told y'all, everything feels different. The sun is shining differently. I see things clearly. I'm not reacting anymore. Like I said, I almost went into a fit yesterday and thought somebody was staging another coup against me. And the reason I call it a coup is because I'm the queen. Yeah, that's my Leo rising acting up. But I am still humble. But I am very aware I'm a queen. And some people can't handle that. But he wasn't staging a coup. The breakdown is a part of the change. The baby, the boy, and the diaper. (coughs) You know, matter of fact, I'm going to just talk about key points in there. (coughs) You're looking for reassurance and support for your decision. I definitely been looking for a reassurance in my support for my decision of what I'm about to do and what I am doing as a podcaster. You're being territorial. I imprinted on that motherfucker 20 years ago. I know imprinted is not a thing, but if you knew what I knew, trust me. The dream is signal for your self-esteem. You're feeling divided about an issue. Always. I'm very indecisive, and it doesn't help that my moon is in Libra. The baby, your grieving process, you're trying hard to change the course of some actions. You need to be more compassionate or giving. Your dream is hit for an issue about commitment and independent. Somebody is dumping all his feelings, her feelings, on you. I ain't going to go deep into that. You know you dumped all your feelings all on me. Like I was responsible for all your problems in your life. And I'm not. But granted, I have came on emotionally strong. And I totally understand that. But all the things you you have said to me. And you have said to me about how I am. I've never done drugs. I've never been to jail. And I don't have plans on doing it. If I made it to almost 32 without doing these things. You best believe I'm going to spend the next 32 years. And the next 32 years after that. Not being in prison. I'm not one of your family members, friend. And I don't have your problems. But I don't appreciate your emotional problems coming to me. If we're going to be able to emotionally take things out on each other, I should be able to do the same. But don't sit up there and get mad at me 
when I do it and then when you do it. You did it first. You did an emotional dump. I didn't. I didn't tell you what my problem was, even though my problem was you. The boy part. The dream indicate issues that you are keeping to yourself instead of confronting. I just tell you what my issue was. <laughs> I just told you what my problem was. Was the dumping of your feelings out on me and I can't dump mine out on you. Because you said you didn't care about what was going on with me. I don't care about what's going on with you neither, fool. I'm over here trying to make it. Trey songs. Um, and I know. We all have our problems and our issues, but it's just unfair to me that you got to dump all your emotional problems out on me. And when I did, it was all of a sudden, I don't care about your your personal life. I don't care. It's none of my business. Why you're so emotional? You control your emotions first. So time to lay out your goal. Your energies are being drained. This dream is an evidence for some struggle or division within your social circle. Comfort will come about through hard work, diligence, and prudence. I had a division in my social circle, but I threw them all away. Not all of them, but just the ones that were causing problems. The diaper is you're neglecting the performance within yourself. And you need to look past the exterior and focus on the inside. Yeah, I need to do that too when it comes to dating. I try. I really did try. But, you know. <clears throat> I can't help it. My eyes are everything. And the dream is a clue for your feelings of being taken advantage of or that you are messing things up. I've, I've been because I've been taken advantage of I have messed things up because I felt like I was being taken advantage of that's the diaper part the dream about changing baby is poised balancing your life you gain balance you are feeling uprooted you experience much success through your perseverance this dream is an indication of your central desire and temptations you are experiencing some intense emotion I'm not going to unpack all those intense emotions I am feeling one of the intense emotions I am feeling is a low-key anger but that's not going to get nobody else nowhere being mad. <clears throat> About baby boy, the sign of inner battle between your own ideals, values, between the ideals and values of others. You feel that you are on top. You successfully overcome a problem that was giving you much anxiety. That's good because it's really bothering me. Your dream is a metaphor for some details that you may be missing or overlooking. You need to make a connection between the conscious and subconscious aspect of yourself. I do. The part I want to talk about is you are not expressing your masculine side of your personality. 
I'm not. The masculine side of my personality wants to travel. The masculine side of my personality wants to go out to different parties. I don't want to go to clubs. Don't ever know. I'm not a clubber. I just want to go to different parties. The masculine side of myself knows how to do business. Okay. Timmy needs to be nurtured. That's my masculine side. <laughs> um, I don't deal with it. And part of not dealing with my masculine side is also not dealing with my life path number and not living through my true self. I'm not living through my true self. I'm living through what people think I should do when I should be doing something else. I don't feel like I'm being the true me, you know, and true me. It was like, don't worry about your exterior, worry about your interior. But how can you do that when you're about to start making videos with somebody? I'm very worried about that. I do want my hair and my makeup done and my nails done, too. Now, I can do my own nails, but I do want my hair and my makeup done, period. All about all of this is about I do need to live through my masculine. I have been very feminine, and maybe that was the thing that turned him off as well was the fact that I was hyper feminine. Um these days, y'all hyper femininity has been extremely toxic. We're gonna be talking about that tomorrow. about how hyper-femininity has tried to destroy the healthy masculine um, and how this Me Too movement is a toxic femininity. You know, I'm okay with the Epstein. I'm okay with the Ghislaine. I'm okay with the... Um, What's that weirdo name, Weinstein? I'm okay to an extent with y'all capturing R. Kelly, but y'all was supposed to catch R. Kelly 19 years ago, okay? And we're going to be talking about R. Kelly next week. So a lot of this is, a lot of this is what I'm talking about. You know, like I said, a lot of y'all are working in your feminine, but it's toxic. And I say that mine has been toxic recently. I know I'm not a Karen, so why am I acting like one? With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast of me unpacking my dream and talking about my dream and my dream interpretations. I will be doing more stuff like that when it comes to my dreams. Um, so with that being said, we're going to talk about how hyper femininity, how toxic it has been especially to black men.
With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is These Walls Are Thin. What you do in the dark will come to light. You need to uncover your masculine side. It does not mean that you are a dude. I need to touch into my masculine side. And my masculine side wants to travel. My masculine side wants to go to parties. Um, you know, want to enjoy myself. Want to enjoy life. Not just sit up here and act like a freaking old maid. Because that's not what I am. And my 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 life path three is even telling me that. Enjoy yourself. Just enjoy the process of getting to where you need to go instead of being toxic. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I'm like so outie.